Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Hey, Wait, do, do I have to clap again? No. We're all okay. synced up. Well, I didn't know what you meant by start over. God damn it, now I gotta start over again. Okay, we're starting over. Three, I'm not doing the claps. Three, two, one. Hey, Ben. How have you Hi. been, buddy? Uh, pretty good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> now you sound angry. Do we gotta start over again? Uh, that's up to you. You're, you're in charge here. <sighs> that's right, you are a good, good friend of the show, a great guest of the show. Uh, it's been two weeks. Has anything happened in your life since you actually go out in the world and you physically work in a real office? And uh, compared to me, you're like a world explorer. Is there anything fun going on with you that you can talk about? Because I have nothing. Uh, No, there's nothing fun going on that I can talk about and nothing fun going on that I can't talk about. It's just just the daily grind. Nothing much happens. Yeah, I get out in the world. I go to the office. I resent my company for that still. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> trying to find a different job. My my boss, I think, is uh, perhaps suspects that I'm trying to leave because it seems everyone pretty much is trying to leave right now. Uh, Friday, I, I showed up for work Friday morning, and mm-hmm. um, I had a, a fresh scone waiting for me at my desk that my, oh, my boss had brought for me. That's She's, how they uh, get you. That's how the Nazis got people to do horrible it, atrocities. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird though. It, she's been so nice the last few weeks because I, I think she's nervous about how many people are leaving all at once, and she doesn't mm-hmm. want me to leave. So I, I don't know how to handle that. It, it, she's like uncomfortably nice. It's it's strange. So. Yeah, I know. It's I've I've had that where when my layoff was happening at my job, which was announced in October and didn't happen till February, uh, my my boss became increasingly more and more nice out of guilt. When she suddenly started, like, crying on one of our morning meetings, the closer I got to being laid off, I'm like, I don't know. Wow. Yeah, and then I was just, I just said one on one call, I said, you don't have to cry anymore. Uh, don't feel responsible for me. You're completely absolved. Like, you have no responsibility to me whatsoever. I, I, I free you from the bonds of your guilt. And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just weird, and I don't like it. And then also last Monday, um, the company... I, I got a bonus out of nowhere from the company. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And apparently a lot of people did. I don't know how many. It wasn't everyone. Uh, they didn't tell anybody, though. I just happened to, you know, I log into my bank accounts pretty much every day just to reconcile transactions and do budgeting stuff. And mm-hmm. I <laughs> walked in and I saw this deposit, direct deposit from my company, which was not at all the amount of my normal paycheck and it was a day off from what my payroll is supposed to be. So at first I thought they just really fucked up my payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I looked, I logged into like the, the, the payroll system or whatever. And it said it was like discretionary bonus. I'm like, what the hell? What? Um, but they, it's weird that they just didn't tell anybody that they were doing this. They just dropped it in people's accounts. It did. With did. no, did you ask around? Did other people get this, or was it just you? Well, I wasn't sure who to ask because because if somebody didn't get it, that that seems weird. Um, I had to go into HR for something else anyway. I'm, uh, but she said no, no. They just uh, decided to hand out some bonuses, and like my boss didn't even know about it until later in the day. <laughs> she like called me into her office. I saw 
like the HR rep go into my boss's office for a couple minutes and leave. And then my boss called me into her office and like yeah. told, told me about this bonus. I'm like, Oh yeah, I know. I already talked to him about it this morning. And this was like at two in the afternoon. And like my boss didn't even know about it until that point. Like, so nobody knew. And, and like, it's so weird. So yeah. So that, that's my, do we get my weird company free scones and unannounced bonuses that I was suspicious of. So I think it's adorable that she thinks scones are like a game changer for you. As if you're well, that it's simple. Not, it's like these daily, like she's just like being noticeably more positive, like forcing herself to like compliment me on my job. Well done. <laughs> I'm just imagining her like reading a book about how to influence or make friends and influence people and one of the, the biggest ones is say their name a lot and smile. And so then the next day she's at the office with you and keep saying your name over and over in the same sentence where it just gets jarring after a while. And then she starts to try to peel a smile onto her face and it's all awkward and weird. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, this is getting bad. <laughs> well, how's your, right. uh, how's your unemployment and job search going? Um, job search? There is none. I'm not doing one. I've just been enjoying my unemployment so far, though I did finally I get... I thought you were only going to do that for like a week or two. <laughs> I, feel, <clears throat> well, I worry that you're sliding into a morass or something that you're not going to be able to get yourself oh, out morass. of. morass. Did you, did you mm-hmm. just pull out your thesaurus and do that right now? That's amazing, Ben. I have a th- th- thesaurus in my head. I can't say it. Um, <laughs> Shut up. No, I... Uh, it's, yes, I did... When I was going to sign up for unemployment, there's so many questions around severance and then also money that you get for a Cobra. And it's all boring, so I'm not going to get into it. But there's so many questions around it that when I was trying to submit my unemployment, uh, it just kept rejecting me because there's some technicality. I'm not doing something right about how I'm supposed to get more than one check for severance. And so then I finally just said, all right, screw it. I, I will just wait till I get my, my final severance check and then I'll submit my unemployment. And then they can't yell at me about it anymore. And then, uh, but then I was like, well, if I started getting a job now, I think it disqualifies me getting my severance. So now I just want to wait till I get my severance because I kind of want to screw over the, the company that I worked at as much as humanly possible. Wait, what? You don't get severance if you get a new job? It is null and void if you get a new job. That's for sure. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the agreement that I had to sign. That I read, for sure. I read everything. I wanted to make sure I knew oh, exactly what was okay. Because there's also a risk that I might not get severance at the last minute for any arbitrary reasons. So I was like, I read the whole thing. And I even contacted HR with details about it and stuff. I don't know. So wait, when, when, do you, when are you scheduled to get your severance? Like what? Uh, I got my first paycheck um, just okay. last Friday. And okay. so I think I have one more coming and then... Then I'll be done. So I'm kind of waiting till I get my last paycheck, and then I'm gonna start looking for a job because I just want to make sure I get all the money out of them that I want. So screw okay. them. I hate them. They're jerks. I want to any way I can make them uncomfortable, even though really it doesn't make anyone uncomfortable. It's just me imagining that I matter. <laughs> <laughs> so well, anyways, we should probably move on, and uh, okay. let's uh, get into backyard blast bird blurb. Yeah, cue up that music. that it just started. Okay, Ben, do we got anything new from Gretchen for the Backyard Blast Bird Blurb? God, I love that music. Thank you. Doesn't it sound good? Just listen to it for a second. It's very cool. Very cool. Okay. Catchy tune. Yeah, it's catchy. Catchy tune. Uh, right here. Uh, 
Gretchen's backyard blast bird blurb. <laughs> All right, we're back on the birds. No more uh, oh. raccoons. Okay. What was it last time? It's been a it was raccoons. Wasn't it, it was raccoons. That's right. In honor of the first day of spring, we'll talk about the robin. The American robin belongs to the thrush family, hmm. which also includes the bluebird. Robins eat insects and worms in the spring and summer, and eat mostly fruits in the fall and winter. People occasionally spot tipsy robins in late winter and early spring due to the fermented fruit they have eaten. <laughs> like most migratory birds, <laughs> robins don't maintain pair bonds and take a new mate each spring. Ooh, la la. I know. Males put on courtship displays. At dawn, they belt out their courtship tunes, shake their wings, and fluff their tail feathers to entice the lady robins. Fluff their tail robins feathers? Yep, you heard that right. <laughs> robins raise up to three broods in a season. On average, they only live two years in the wild. A group of robins is called a round. Oh, is that where the term round robin comes from, Ben? I, I guess so, yeah. No, look at that. Oh, how about that? Well, that was fun. Let's just move on hey, to the next hey, Glenn, segment. No, Glenn. Glenn damn it. Glenn. <laughs> God, Glenn, I hate Glenn. this part now. Yeah, I'm yeah, starting yeah, to yeah. dread this Glenn, part. Glenn, 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 I have a question for you. <laughs> Go. Uh, what, what do you call Batman and Robin after they get run over by a steamroller? <laughs> Flatman and Ribbon. That's what you call them. <laughs> <laughs> this forced fake laugh is amazing. <laughs> I've never heard you do this before. Oh, I've never heard a joke that good before. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was thinking of today when I was doing dishes? What? What were you thinking of? Tell me. What would it sound like if someone had a condition where they would laugh without breaking it up? So yeah. instead of ha, 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 it was just ha. <laughs> <laughs> so I started trying to recreate it while I was washing dishes. And I kept going like, ha. No, that's not right. No, let's try that again. <laughs> I did it for like 20 minutes. All right, go And on. you tried to tell me you weren't doing anything with yourself. Well, these are being all unemployed. You're, you're coming up with new laughs. I'm sure. dallying with insanity, but I'm keeping yeah. <laughs> myself more sane than not sane. Uh, so you got oh, any more jokes, good. or is that it? Please tell me that. Uh, no, but Gretchen <laughs> does apologize for having neither bird noises for me to make or knock-knock jokes. So. Anything's is, better than crawling. As has been the case for the last 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to What's Up? New books for teens that slap. Oh, yeah! Uh, I got the title right this time. What's up? New books for teens that slap. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I don't know why you're trying so hard to be... I don't know, you're bringing an energy to the show today that I don't know if I appreciate. You want to hear about Horse Girl? Heck yeah, dude! <laughs> mean Girls meets Black Beauty. <laughs> in wait, horse... did you say, wait, Horse Girl? Is that the name of the book? Yeah, it's the name of the book. Okay. It's, That's uh, nice. It's by Carrie Seam. Uh, it's Mean Girls meets Black Be uh, Beauty, which is just like, I've been waiting. Like, when is someone going to do it? When's someone going to finally meld Black Beauty and the movie Mean Girls together and just finally make this thing? 
So it's a bunch of like bitchy horses with a little click that. Oh no! They're... It's a bunch of bitchy horse girls. Celebrated author Carrie Seam, a funny and tender middle grade novel about <laughs> finding your forever. Her. Celebrated in what circles? Exams by who? <clears throat> um. Oh, she's not a uh, New York Times bestselling author. Well, she's not celebrated yeah. anywhere then, is she? Glenn, I think we could call you a New York Times bestselling author at this point because you just said you're writing a book, so we That's can probably true. get you on that Pretty list. Much. If this person is not even a New York Times bestselling author. I was uh, going to say, because every single book we ever talk about here is always a New York Times bestselling author. I actually read or I saw a YouTube video where someone's like talking about uh, books that are like blockbuster you know, novels or whatever. New York Times bestselling author is an actual like scheme they've rigged just to promote books that they're more or less gambling that they're hoping are going to be good. So they created this New York Times bestselling whatever just to promote it, even though no one's really getting an award or anything. Like you don't have to work hard to get it. So that's frustrating. So yes, I could be one with a book I haven't even written yet. This book is funny and exciting, beautifully portrays both the pleasures and risks of riding horses and also of being a teen. Very original and a great pleasure to read, says Jane Smiley, Pulitzer Prize winning author. Oh, they got a pull. They paid off a Pulitzer Prize winning author to say that. <laughs> Willis is a seventh grader who's head over hoof for horses. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond excited when she gets... Oh, Willis is a girl. When she gets the it's chance... It's Wills, by the way. Wills. Oh, you're right. I squeezed an eye before... Oh, well, that's my own fault. To start training at the prestigious Oakwood Riding Academy. But Amara, the queen of the hashtag horse girls, and her posse aren't going to let the celebrity... Certifiably. Certifiably. Jesus criminy. Dorktagious Wills... <laughs> trot her way into the club so easily. Between learning the reins of horse riding, dealing with her Air Force pilot mom, (laughs) being stationed thousands of miles from home, and keeping it together in front of, in parentheses, gasp, horse boys. (laughs) Wills learns that becoming a part of hashtag horse girl world isn't easy. But with her rescue horse, Clyde at her side, a rescue horse? (laughs) Like dogs? Like, I don't know who rescued who. The horse or me? Mom, can we go to the pound and get a horse? Exactly. Well, this horse lived on the streets for the last year. (laughs) Clyde at her side. It sure will be fun. Complete with comedic original hoof notes. (laughs) Do I acquaint the less equestrian among us? Horse girl delivers everything a young readers want. What's that? Do do you think Clyde was part of like a horse fighting ring or something (laughs) that they rescued? (laughs) I love that they got Clyde pinned down and they're sharpening his hooves. And you're going to come out like a champion. (laughs) Or we're going to put you to sleep. The big sleep. The glue factory. (laughs) Horse Girl delivers everything young readers want. Mean girls, boy problems, and embarrassingly goofy dad jokes. Why is the... Oh, because the dad is the only one that isn't in the military, I guess. Yeah. And it does so on the back of a pony. I I mean, we're reading this one at some point, right? Should we? Yeah, Let's I add this so. one to the... Okay, we'll add this one to the thing. Uh, it's hardcover, sixteen ninety nine, uh, and yeah. it comes out on March 30th. So if you're really in the mood to buy... <laughs> the hardcover of Horse Girl, Ben. <laughs> we certainly <laughs> well, can put we, it on the maybe list. we put it on our list for whenever it comes out to paperback. All right, I will definitely put it on the list. Well, that's it for uh, slapping the hot <clears throat> hot teams. Oh yeah. <laughs>
on to the next segment. We're going to talk about the book we're reviewing this week, uh, Ice Hard by Tracy Goodwin. Uh, background of the book, published on October 8th, 2019. It's the second book of a trilogy, uh, Ice Hot, Ice Hard, <laughs> Ice Storm. <laughs> Want some background on the author? Sure you do. Tracy Goodwin, I got this from her website because she doesn't have a Wikipedia page or anything. There's no deep information about this author. I mean, is it a real person or is it just like a... a oh, no, she's a real name. person. Okay. Oh, she's been doing this for a while. Uh, is a USA Today best-selling author, which is probably like four tier downs from New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> just another scam by a lesser company. Uh, throughout a career spanning a decade, she has achieved both traditional and indie publishing success. She is the author of the sexy New York Nighthawks contemporary romance series for Love Swept. Oh, I don't know. I guess that's part of the gaggle of hockey books called Love Swept. In addition, she pens sweeping historical romances and vivid urban fantasies. Uh, though the genres may be different, each story delivers her unique blend of passion, excitement, poignant emotion, humor, and unforgettable characters uh, that steal readers' hearts. Got that from her own website, where immediately afterwards just starts promoting her books with discounts and everything. <clears throat> she has other series. One series called Scandalous Secrets, which is a historical romance series, and another one called Shadow Souls, which consists of two books, one called Cursed, and the other one is Cursed, the Coloring Book. <laughs> She's a wife and mother and a USA Today best-selling author. So, there's that. Uh, I don't know when she was born, and I don't know if she's still alive, so I can't add that in. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you see pictures of her, it's like, nah, yeah, you look like you uh, got a lot of weird uh, quirks. But she doesn't. Well, we'll get into that. Uh, overview of the book. Ben, do you want to do your overview? And can you do it as a jock this time? Yeah, yeah, I'll try, I guess. I mean, yeah, there you go. Get that deep voice. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, so we got, there's like the, Glenn, you a hockey fan at all? Nope. Glenn, (laughs) where are you? You fucking, what's wrong with you? Fucking sissy. Watch a a hockey game. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So, like, you got this hockey team. They're called the fucking uh, New York Nighthawks, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're like a new team, right? They're just they're new in the league, but you know, <laughs> got a bunch of hockey guys playing there. And uh, so, you know, they're a good good group of guys. It sounds like, and they're at a <laughs> they're at a bachelor party because one of them's one of them's getting hitched, you know. So uh, they're at this bachelor party at this at the sweet bar. Uh, you ever been to the End Zone Bar, Glenn? Nope. Dude, you gotta go go there. You got fucking killer wings, dude. Get some wings, watch the game, all right? That's what you do. You go on the fucking end zone, all right? I think I like this Ben better than the real Ben. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you mean, but okay, thanks. Yeah, so anyway, uh, so they're at this bachelor party, and uh, this, uh, wait, I don't remember what the main character's name is. Oh, shit. It's uh, Nick? Nick. Yeah, so all right, Nick. Nick's there. He's he's on this hockey team, and his uh, his best friend on the team is getting married. So throwing his bachelor party friend at the bar, and like <laughs> this, like this bartender comes up and is like serving Nick a drink, and like she's Glenn, she's fucking smoking hot, right? <laughs> Just like fucking Christ, this girl, all right? She's like legs go on forever. This girl, she's like five ten, you know? She's fuck, and like she knows, she knows, she knows how to work it too, all right? She's got this Britney Spears look going on, all oh, right? Yes, oh yes, she yeah. does. Yeah, she does. And she says, that's no accident because she knows what she's doing. She knows how to get a fucking tip, all right? 
<laughs> this girl's first time tendon borrow at the end zone, I'll tell you that much. All right. The end zone. Oh, yeah. It's just so uncreative. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. So I mean there's obviously there's some there's some chemistry there, right? And like this uh this girl though, she doesn't want to admit it. Her name is Cammy, we find out later, but like she's like <laughs> Uh, she could feel some. She could feel a spark there, but she's she's in denial because like um, they they just like make illusions. She had some bad experience with the hockey guy. She doesn't date hockey players, basically. Okay, <laughs> just you know, just it, it's fucking stupid. But whatever, that's what she does. <laughs> you're really anyway, You're really smoothing into this. Like you're getting more convincing the longer you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, but like Nick, all right. He's you know he's a professional hockey guy, but he's still he's like he's just like the rest of us. Like he's he's looking for love. He's on he's on the dating app, right? He's oh, swiping. what's it called? What's the dating app called? Uh, Scorcher or something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's Scorcher. Yeah, Scorcher. They couldn't get the rights to any real dating apps in the book, so they had to come up with Scorcher. Yeah. But it sounds it sounds like Tinder or Bumble. It says you swipe you swipe left if you don't like him, swipe right if you do. Anyway, so like. <laughs> Cammy, her her douchebag brother is at this bar too. Like it turns out their family like owns it and he's he's kind of a dick, so he like signs her up for this fake scorcher account and finds Nick out there and they like well they start talking to each other. Dick thinks he's talking to the smoking hot girl, but he's not. He's talking to her fucking douchebag brother. <laughs> anyway, so he's Nick Nick thinks he's getting set up on a date. He so he goes to this place, but it turns out he's just like stalking this lady, uh, this poor lady. No, because she's going to get coffee like she does every day, and her brother knows that, so she sends Nick there. Mm. And then uh, uh, he, like, literally sweeps her off her feet. And by that, <laughs> I mean he scares the shit out of her, and she falls down and, like, breaks her ankle. So, like, he <laughs> he takes her to the doctor or whatever, and, like, she's she's starting to, you know, she's starting to realize this, this dude, he's, he's actually a pretty good dude, all right? You know, he's pretty caring. Mm. You know, he, he, he knows how to, he, he's, he's kind, he's considerate, he's, you know, thoughtful, and uh, um, <laughs> so it's kind of nice. So, like, they're, they kind of, like, I don't know. They kind of reluctantly start dating, even though she's got this rule: no hockey guys. Like, yeah, I don't know. Nick's maybe different, right? So they're gonna keep they're gonna keep dating, right? And then, um, you know, because Nick he really wanted a date to his buddy's wedding. You know, we opened at a bachelor party because that guy's getting married. So like, he yeah. needs a date to this wedding. This wedding thing is like a huge portion of the book, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go to this wedding. Gets. Uh, you know the the owner of the hockey team. He, he hosted his house like out in the Hamptons or something. Uh, so yeah, they go to this wedding and uh, they finally we're like halfway through the book and they finally start getting physical. Yeah, like, is, I thought this was a fucking sex book or I something, know. but it's not. It's just like romance, all right? And it's not it, even it's, sexy. I mean, it's kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. So he he finally like we finally in chapter ten hear the word clit for the first time. So that was exciting. <laughs> I know. Um, and they like start doing some sex stuff in this mansion and then they. Uh, Go back to his cottage. He's got some cottage out on the beach or something. They make sweet, sweet love on the beach, you know, to the uh-huh. sunrise. It's it's really nice, right? <laughs> um, and then, uh, I don't know, then the book kind of drags on for a while. It gets kind of boring. There's some family drama. Cammy finds out her family, like, set her up on this app or what. I don't know. There's a bunch of shit. Like, and, like, she's got this weird relationship with her dad, but it turns out eh, dad's not a bad guy after all. And yep. then uh, they, they, uh, they live happily ever after. They adopt a couple kids. Yep, <clears throat> that's exactly it. Uh, so I guess we should probably talk about uh, the book, like kind of what happened. The Scorcher dating app, uh, you can just say Tinder. There's no licensing. What's the point? Yeah. When he takes know, her, When he takes her to the hospital because she broke her ankle dramatically and out of nowhere in the coffee shop, uh, which is pretty 
I don't know, rare. <clears throat> um, he's going to pay for the doctor bill. And he's like, it's instantly all the same tropes we've ever read from any romance book, which is like, he's the protector and he's the provider. Yep. The knight in shining armor. Exactly. So it's like, I'm she's, paying she's for a her. Very, she's a very strong, independent woman who needs a man to save her. And that's that's like the trope of all of them, which is she's strong and independent, but all women want a guy that's going to basically act like some sort of giant, I don't like gatekeeper for them. It's just weird. Whatever. Uh, I'm not trying to kink shame anyone, but it just seems to be every romance novel. It's the same. Oh, she's ballsy and she's really self-determined, but turns out she doesn't really want to be. Um, and so then he wants to pay her bill. And then there's even a part where the nurse goes, what about HIPAA? And he goes, don't worry about it. <laughs> so the nurse is like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Did you get any clips from this? I got a couple. Uh, no, I didn't. I got to say, I don't like listening to books. Oh, so. you don't? I think it's I, it didn't far work. more. When it comes to books like this, far more hilarious. I, I found it difficult to take notes on it. I found it difficult to pay attention at the end. And yeah, I didn't get any clips or anything. I, it's not, it doesn't work for me. All right, fine. Well, well I am <laughs> going to play a couple clips that I got from this and God damn it. I love them. I forget what this is about. I just grabbed it. So let's, uh, let's see what it sounds like. Forget just plain hot. This woman is wholly fucking scorching. I can't decide if she's going for the sister Christian look or a Britney Spears vibe. She seriously rocks the sexy schoolgirl thing, and I fight the strong urge to make a play for her at my best friend's bachelor party. She could be my teacher anytime. <laughs> so tacky. Did you hear that? Uh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, so fucking tacky. Uh, um, I got I to say it's weird for me hearing it like that, though, because I listened at, I think, 1.7x. Oh, speak, mine was so. at 2.0. I mean, they were oh, okay. talking like tiny little chipmunks the whole time. Yeah, so, so hearing it at, at normal speed is uh, yeah. kind of jarring for me. Nope, I know. I was doing that. So when I heard a line that was super cheesy, I'd go back to normal, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's voice, because I'm so used to them, like, speed talking. Yeah. Okay, here's one more for now. But I chose this truck for the color. Black. Like the puck I love to chase around me. <laughs> I'm such a hockey nerd. It's no wonder my relationships crash and burn. I don't live up to the hype. Women see me on the ice and think I'm a tough guy, volatile, and a total turn-on. Only to discover I'm real, relatable, and no one special. If they take the time to get to know me, that is. Which most don't. Once they see past the sports star luster, it's done. I'm done. With the exception of sex. That's always hot. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that it's like, women don't really understand me. They see the tough guy exterior, and I'm a real person inside, but the sex is always hot. <laughs> it's so cheesy. <clears throat> well, um, yeah, so besides that... Uh, I was sort of kind of keeping notes as the chapters went along... Uh, that he his idea of a sexy date is doing. They finally get together to have a date, and they go to a karaoke bar, or karaoke, whatever. And so he does, uh, like a Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch song, which sweeps her off her feet. He refers to himself as a nerd, which when somebody says that, it's always disingenuous. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, yes. so then she's doing karaoke, so she's singing and dancing, and it like gets him hard. So all of this is just building <laughs> up. 
There's also weird... that, that's the other thing with these these romance books I read. It's like grown men with uncontrollable erections. <laughs> I haven't had boners like that since I was 13. Now I'm old and flaccid. It takes yeah. a lot to get it going. <laughs> but yeah, uh, then there's like weird details. Like, but then I told her she's got to listen to this song. It turns out she had an Android and she's only using Amazon Music. And I was just like, why? Why is that in here? <laughs> You poor, poor girl. What's the, I no know. iPhone. It's just so stupid. Oh, I wrote down, they make out and it's really boring. I guess she gives him a blowjob. And uh, that's that's kind of the height of their first sexual interaction. Now, you and I have experienced the pure perfection and genius that is Double Dirty Mountain Men. Yes. None of this even comes anywhere close. There's no mention of an anus. Uh, the no. sex is... It's it's like Mormons just should not write romance novels because it doesn't work out. This is Wait, boring. She, she I'm guessing. We... I'm just guessing. <laughs> because this was so non-sexual. Like, where's the glittering nipples? Huh? Yeah. Where's the 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 wet muff? Like, I, well, maybe. I mean, this is I think more of a a romance book than the the smut we were reading before. Well, I was just a slightly smut. different genre, right? Yeah. I was too, especially with the title being Ice Hard. I thought... Yes, thank you. Yes. It's literally a phallus reference right in the title of the book. I'm like, this is going to be sports and just uh, uh, butt-fucking. Like, there's going to be crazy yeah. stuff. Go- no. Not, and there wasn't even any real hockey scene. Okay. I know. It was just like, we like learned about these two characters and their motivations and like their backgrounds and stuff. It was weird. It was like... I don't know. Like I'm not gonna say it was good, but it was no, not. That was what I was expecting. Like compared to other crap that we've read, like uh, along the lines, like yeah, yeah, it wasn't just like idiotic people having sex the whole time. Was, I was expecting and hoping for that for the hilarity yeah, me too. value. Yeah. But uh, and then it's like okay, so this is more like character driven. All right, but then it's like it just falls into so many tropes. Like she. Yeah. The reason why she's supposed to be so independent and, you know, independent minded or whatever is because she's got a dad that's always been hard on her. He owns a restaurant that she wants to yeah. run. But then it's like he at one point later on in the book's like, you're fired. I'm not letting you have the restaurant. So this is the reason why she's, you know, being bossed around by her dad makes her like want to be more independent and she's more bold and stuff. I'm like, this is just all a trope. This isn't real motivation that makes me care about the person. And then, of course, the dad later on is like, the only reason why I did that is just because, like, I don't think she'd be happy doing that. I want her to I'm like, oh, so everyone's just infantilizing her anyways. Ugh. <laughs> just everything sucks. I know. Yeah, it was. Again, it wasn't good, but there was like an attempt at character. There was an attempt, but it wasn't. Like, uh, it wasn't yeah. as deep as it probably could have been. Like, I don't know. Can maybe a childhood friend have died or something? And that I, there's just got to be something else he can go with, except for like tropes that we're always so used for. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, at one point before the wedding, Chris uh, is talking about Camille, so I guess it's her brother. Or no, Chris is the friend. Uh, Chris is Nick's friend. And so he's inviting her. Uh, to the wedding or whatever, and then he said, "Is pregnancy contagious? Because you sound hormonal." No offense, Serena. And then she says, "None <laughs> taken." I was wondering the same thing. So like, there's this other woman there when he said it. Which, when Serena goes, "Yeah, no problem. No offense taken." Yeah, she does have hormonal issues. It's like a woman wrote this. <laughs> What's going on? This is not normal. <laughs> so that freaked me out. It's yeah, uh, what's wrong, lady? You on the rag or something? 
<laughs> exactly. It's like a woman writing a scene where it's just like, what are you on the rag? <laughs> hey, fellas, what are you on the rag? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she notices that he has an expensive watch, makes a note saying that it's more expensive than her car, but there are more expensive <laughs> ones, so that shows that he has control. <laughs> That's a detail that doesn't matter. You didn't have to have that in there. Also, so does that mean that she also knows a shitload about nice watches on top of her car love or whatever? It just makes no sense. Uh, they have near sex, and then she's talking about how she has rubbers in her clutch, and the rubbers thing is so central to every sex scene in this book. Like, rubbers are, is mentioned more than once. And yeah. it's like, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Let me go get the condoms. And then it's like a page and a half of, like, he's rummaging around through a drawer. He finally finds one. <laughs> it's just so weird. And then she talked about she even... She never had unprotected sex even when she was married. <laughs> Did you catch that part? I didn't catch that part, really. <laughs> yeah, because, like, so it turns out that the reason she doesn't date hockey players is because she was married to a hockey player who's, like, big rival of Nick in this book. But uh, when she was married to him for a little she said they even used rubbers, like, when they were married to each other. <laughs> Which struck me as a little odd. I mean, yeah, I, mean I guess it's good they're being responsible with their family planning or whatever, but yeah. in a marriage, typically, it uses with a different no, for sort control, of, don't you? I don't know. Well, like, well, I guess there's scenarios because when I was married, uh, my ex-wife and I, we used uh, condoms all the time because uh, the pill just wasn't going to work for her. Like, it definitely oh, okay. it screwed things up and it was definitely not a good experience. So we did. Um, but, you know, that's not a detail that you want in the romance book where the fantasy is just off-the-cuff passion and sex. You yeah. don't want to have to stop and think about <clears throat> rubbers. Uh, they talk about how they're clean uh, during their first sex scene, which I think just ended up with only a blowjob, if I remember right. But they 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 about to have sex, and they're like, "Have you been tested? Yeah, I've been tested. I'm clean. How about you? Yeah, I've been tested. I'm clean too." <laughs> and then it ends with her saying, "You are definitely not an average pro athlete." <laughs> <laughs> I wrote condoms are a really big issue in this book. <laughs> Another thing being, he claims, uh, what is his position on the hockey team? I forget. Is a right wing or something? I don't remember. Yeah, right wing or whatever. And he claims that it needs deep psychological understanding of everyone. Like you're a master chess player. Well, that's, yeah. You're not just playing strength. the game and playing your position and doing what you gotta you gotta get do. it in your opponent's head. So he says at one Gotta point... Gotta play those mind games. Yeah. And he goes, uh, how is it that you saw through me? No one can. It's my job. Like, <laughs> like no, nah, it's hockey. <laughs> I don't think there's yeah. little kids you know, like doing hockey in high school or whatever that are just like, I'm a mastermind. No one can see past my facade. <laughs> uh, she at one point says, I don't do drugs. Never will. But Nick's a drug I can't quit. So that was cheesy. <laughs> yes. Oh, and she calls out Fifty Shades of Grey. Did you catch that at one point? Uh, no, I, I missed that. Uh, what, uh, what was the call out? Camille, so he's got a bunch of cars because he's a, for a brand new hockey team, they apparently make a shitload of money. Uh, and Camille sees that he's got a bunch of cars and says, this is way better than any Fifty Shades of Grey toys. And I said, ooh. No, no take that. Yeah, punch up. New author, yeah. punch up. Yeah. <laughs> it's on now, E.L. James. Is that the... 
author's name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah take, that's it. Yeah, yeah, take that. Take that. What, uh, the author of Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, he thinks that front closure bras are sexy. That was like a weird <laughs> yeah, detail. That was a weird message. <laughs> Is it? I get that it's easier, but you know, even when I was in high school, I got used to how do you just quickly undo a bra? Like I got used to it. I figured it out that he's he's got big old dumb hockey fingers. He's like front closure, please. <laughs> makes me hard. Everything makes me hard. <laughs> Oh, and then they don't really ever have a full hockey game in the book. They do finally towards the end. But I was like, when I was starting this book, I'm like, okay, we're going to have a lot of on the ice hockey scenes, some kind of tension because there's right there. It's every book needs tension and drama and it's about hockey. So right there, you are just given freely this opportunity to play out drama in the sport that this is based on. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of scenes of on the ice and someone is emotionally getting at him, but also doing better than him in the game. There's going to be all this nothing. And when they do finally have a hockey scene, it's just, um, what was the other guy's name? The one that was dating Camille before, uh, Nick got her. I it's like Pete. Don't remember. Oh, it's Pete. Pete. Uh, yeah. Pete so sounds right. Pete is on the other team and that's who she was dating. And I guess he like, did a lot of gaslighting and really screwed her over and stuff. And that's the reason why she vowed she'd never date another hockey. And was she married to Pete? I think she might've been married to Pete. And that was, yeah, they were married and they used uh, condoms. That's right. So Pete's on the ice and Pete's saying all sorts of stuff. Like, uh, like she says, I'm the best she's had. And she loves this. And he gestures towards his cock. And then Nick's like, your dick isn't very big. And then that's the end of that. Uh, and then he talks about how she's like, oh, yeah, she, she used to like to role play with me. And then that makes Nick all angry. And But then they don't actually talk about the game or the sport. It's just the taunting. And then it cuts to the end of the game. And that's when Camille runs up and goes, it turns out I do like to role play. And then he goes, oh, that sounds hot. And she goes, we can do it together. And he goes, yeah, that'd be great. So then she also goes, and I also heard what you said about his small penis. You're right about that. And he goes, aha, <laughs> I thought so. And I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> I've never been in a scenario where someone walks up and goes, I heard you taunting my ex-boyfriend. And you're right about everything you said. His penis is actually slightly smaller than the average size. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and that's because somehow the conversation got picked up on the mics. So national television <laughs> is hearing this. <laughs> Which only, they don't talk about how maybe Nick and Pete get disqualified or you know, any kind of repercussions for having that kind of conversation that got picked up or there's no talk of what happens after the nation hears this conversation on live television. Uh, it only serves just for Camille to go. Yeah, I heard everything. It was on live television. Turns out you're right about his penis. And that's it. No more talk about that. So she role plays as Britney Spears. <laughs> they play the, they don't play toxic. Yeah. They play like I'm a slave or whatever song. Uh, yeah, so that's well, creepy. Yeah. And then we're all hard though. It doesn't, yeah, because he likes the idea of underage teens. That's yep. not cool. Nope. And then he, uh, on top of that, we're almost at the end of the book. The sex scenes have been minor. Even if I remember correctly, <laughs> this is when I was washing dishes and I was doing the the ha-ha-ha laugh without the breaks. So I was just going, ha <laughs> as I'm listening to this book. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, I don't think they really described the sex. There was no, like, he put his fingers in her vagina or anything like that. I don't remember that being an actual described sex scene. I think it was just implied. Or I could be wrong. You could correct me on that if you want. 
I I don't know. I again like listening. Can't get into it. I don't know. I, yeah, I I, had, I missed a lot of details. I'm sure. So. All right, fine. Well, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're just going to meet her dad. That's just the thing. This is like every cheesy trope of what a romance novel like. And he's such a great guy. He can meet my family. And so that happened in this book. Uh, and the dad is overbearing. He loves baseball. Nick isn't good at baseball, uh, but he's forced to play. And then he keeps striking out because he can't hit the ball. And then finally she says, why don't you just strike out and just get out of the game so we can go have dinner and I want to be around you. And he goes, okay. Then he hits a home run, which lands mm. in her dad's fancy car and breaks the windshield or whatever. Yep. I don't know. That was just like, he can never fail. He's always the best at everything. I was just like, God damn it. None of these people are real humans. No, they're not. Yeah. I've already gone over the rest. Oh, and then uh, in the epilogue, they have a daughter. So those are all my notes. <laughs> And the epilogue is yeah. super short. Like, oh, you've actually got a family, and they, they, they both want to have kids and everything. Yeah. And, and so I was is like, that, what's that? Is that, is that a hams I just heard you crack open? Uh, no. No, my friend. It is a White Claw. All the kids are doing oh, it. God damn it. It's a, a light, uh, low-alcohol drink for just a guy who's just recording a podcast. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so they, they spend all their time like, I don't know if I can have kids. Boy, I'd love to have kids. Very early on, they're like, I want to marry her. Oh, my God, I can't believe I said that out loud. And then they finally get married, and they finally have this goal. And then it's like, yep, they got a daughter. All right, the end. <laughs> so, you want to hear another clip, okay. Ben? Yep. Here it comes. I think it depends on the guy. Whatever guy lets you get away is a dumbass. I mean it, and Camille laughs. Seriously, for many reasons. One of which being that you always look sexy, but now you look so sensual, so gorgeous, so there aren't enough words in the English language to explain just how badly I want you. Cammie slides her fingertips beneath my jacket. We should do something about that later. This is promising. We could go to my place. I've got a bungalow with a great view. Oh, I want to see your view. Innuendo is hot and heavy. Licking her wine-covered lips, <laughs> Cammy surveys me. I've never oh, been it's even hotter and heavier when you like. Sure, women think explicitly I'm call hot, it out. But Chris has always been the most popular between <clears throat> us. I like being Camille's man candy. Chris claps my upper arms. It's the start of something. What precisely that is remains anybody's guess right now, because it's in the early stages. That's the risk, right? You know about risks. You thrive on risks. Sure, professionally. Not... I grab my beard and tug at it. Ouch. I'm reminded that I trimmed it. Shit, Chris. <laughs> I wanted to meet someone like I forgot that. about that. At one point uh, in Chapter 9, he... Uh, makes a point of, like, I trim my beard. I've never done that before. So then here, he tugs at his beard, which is trimmed, so it's short, and he goes, ouch. Why would you say ouch because (laughs) you tugged at the non-existent part of your beard? That's a good question. Yeah, well, there we go. It's like Tracy Goodwin doesn't understand beard physics or something. (laughs) Beard physics. I feel like I have one more. Hold on, I'm sorry. Let's see what this one is. There's nothing hotter than Camille. Leaning against her crimson metallic Mustang EcoBoost convertible, taking a huge bite of a hot dog. She's real, down-to-earth, sensual, funny, and makes me hard as hell for her. Add a sleek muscle car, 
and it's a deadly combination. We talked about what happened. Uh, for you, Ben, uh, what sucked about this book? I think we kind of just went over everything. Yeah, there wasn't enough steamy sex for me. I thought I was expecting uh, nearly, you know, pornographic detail of yeah. repeated sexual encounters, but I that just know. didn't happen. Yeah. If I'm going to read a sexy romance novel, I need the sexy in there. Uh, yeah. I wrote that it's boring. There's pretty much no hockey in the book, which seems like the yeah. vehicle that should have been milked dry. Uh, yeah. What's good? It's short. What do you think? I don't know. Was it that short? Like, I don't know. Like, the reason I listened to it, you know, you and I both listened on faster than normal speed, and that's because if I listened at normal speed, it would have been eight hours. Well, if you that listen seems to like these clips, lot. the guy reads so yeah. slow. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's trying to be smolderingly sexy, which means that he reads like a 90-year-old. Yeah. So, But eight hours of this, that's that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Is. So, that's, yeah, I did it in four or five or whatever. Uh, Which still felt like a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, that's the world of audiobooks. That's the reason why everyone yeah. listens to them at double speed, usually. Uh, what the hell? Um, at one point, they're on the beach, and it's really cold out, so they go into their room. That's at the, the wedding that they go to. Yeah. Uh, and then they start having sex in front of the sliding glass doors. And there's a lot of detail around the sex is so hot, we don't care if anyone sees us. But it's really cold out, so they shouldn't be out there anyways. <laughs> Something. I was just like, what? The detail. No one. None of that uh, needs to be in the book. <laughs> so that pissed me off. <laughs> what I recommended? No. It should be no. hotter. Yeah. Well, with that, let's go to Ben's Corner. Uh, do you got anything you want to read, Ben? It's an audio book, so it's tougher. Do you got yeah, anything? Yeah, so I'm just... Well, I'm just going to read off a Goodreads here. I, I don't know if this is actually from the book or if it's just uh, a summary, but there's two paragraphs here, one from Nick's point of view and one from Cammy. Just kind of mm. uh, setting the scene here, laying, laying the stage for this, uh, for this book, so I'll just go into it. The first part is Nick. Mm-hmm. As one of the New York Nighthawks, I've got it all. Fame, success, wealth, plus I'm handsome as hell. <laughs> as for my relationships, they could be better. I know how to do one-night stands, but I'm starting to crave something more. Mm-hmm. Then I meet Camille Benetti. She's sexy, smart, sarcastic. Totally my kind of girl. <laughs> the only problem? Cammie doesn't date hockey players. But she's never met me. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Now it's her point of view? Yeah, so this is Cammie, right? I feel like you should take my headphones off. Go ahead. Nick George is impossible to resist. <laughs> Not only is he scorching hot, he's kind, he's funny, and he wants me bad. <laughs> but I learned my lesson the hard way. No jocks. So why do I agree to be Nick's date to the wedding of the year? One night. That's our deal. He is the best man after all. <laughs> but Nick is crystal clear about his intention. He wants a relationship. <laughs> and he's tempting me to break all my rules. Oh, what was that? <laughs> I would seriously pay you large amounts of my unemployment money for you to read Ulysses by James Joyce in that voice all the way through. <laughs> so I can record it. <laughs> I don't know if my voice can handle that. <clears throat> I woke That's, up in the hurts. morning and I shaved. My dad died five years ago. <laughs> uh, 
Oh god, that would be so good. Well, let's move on to closing. Ben, you got any final thoughts on this book? No, I'm supposed to have more thoughts on it? No. Okay. It's just something I say because we're closing. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't, it's just empty words. I got no final thoughts Uh, I guess I'm just kind of depressed I was expecting Double Dirty Mountain Men I think we should read another romance novel from the Double Dirty Mountain Men author just so we can get a a taste of the good old days Double Dirty Royals or something wasn't that Uh, one of them was that really two dandy fops two (laughs) royals like with powdered wigs I think so. Let's see. What else? Are you kidding? <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I, okay, I'm just two 17th looking. century like royal people going, oh, <laughs> like having a three way with some maiden girl. Well, oh. okay, it could be it could be modern day royals. We still have royals. Oh, I really want it to be like powdered wigs and. Oh, oh my god. Hmm. Okay, so I'm looking up other uh, other works by the author of Dirt, Double Dirty Bald Men. Yeah, uh, Parker Gray. That's right. So yeah, there is one called Double Dirty Royals. Um, yeah, <laughs> they they I... all have they pretty much all have dirty in the title. So there's <laughs> School Me Dirty, Ride Me Dirty, <laughs> Boss Me Dirty. Wow. Um, but but okay. So here's um, <laughs> if, if we're gonna do another, I think here's what we should do. Mm. Uh, this is one of it looks like there's a series of of three of these. So. Hmm. Finding His Princess, a Cinderella story. In parentheses, Filthy Fairy Tales, number one. Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah. That might be the one we go for. Can you tell me about the royals? Is there any backstory on the royals? I really want it to be 17th century. Double Dirty Royals? Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. A lot of, like, waving your handkerchief in the air while giggling to yourself (laughs) wildly. This untouched princess is ours. We're royal, rich, (laughs) And we've both got absolutely enormous castles. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's so uncreative. Uh, <laughs> any more info? Is that it? Women practically line up for our princely pleasures. And if they're lucky, we'll even share the same woman. Nothing's off limits for the two of us, no matter how dirty. That makes us the worst possible suitors for Katerina, the virginal crown prince of crown princess of Tamasia. She needs to get married and give her kingdom an heir yesterday, but the princess is totally innocent, inexperienced, and untouched, hmm. and we're not the marrying types. But this sweet princess is pure temptation. God damn it! She's got curves that could tempt a monk, lips made for being bitten, and eyes that just. Beg us to dominate and control her. Well, the monk reference makes me think it's going to be a historical fiction. So there's some hope Just, there. there uh, again, there's still there's still monks in this day and age. Yeah, I guess Just right. one night? Yeah, that won't be enough. Her father doesn't want us both marrying her, but that <laughs> won't stop us. We're going to make our princess scream our names. We're going to make her ours. And we're going to give her the airs she needs, no matter what. <laughs> It's a, 
MFM Menage. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Menage. <laughs> it's part of that line of literature <laughs> that, that she writes. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I kind of like the the uh, filthy fairy tale series here because yeah, we've got, like I, I said, finding his princess, a Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have waking his princess, a Sleeping Beauty romance. That's mm-hmm. filthy fairy tales number two, and filthy fairy tales book number three is protecting their princess, a Snow White romance. Yeah, well, well, all right, we'll read that one at some point. Put that in the list. I'll put the other one that I just read today in the list. What are we going to read next? Uh, are we going to meet up again in two weeks? What are we reading? Uh, oh, we're going to read a Slap and Teen book, aren't we? Do you have it? Did you actually get it sent to you? Uh, anyway, yeah, I do, I do have the book. So um, are we reading the whole thing or just half of it? Oh, how big is it? I haven't gotten it yet. Uh, it's 300 pages. Oh, oh, yeah. A young adult fiction about some future iPod or something. And it's 300 pages. Holy shit. Why is that that long? I don't know. For that kind of book, I thought it'd be like a hundred pages tops. Like, how big is a book like that going to be? Wow. <laughs> well, three hundred pages apparently. I don't think three hundred pages is that excessive for a young adult fiction about what was it about again? I just remember there was like an iPod. I don't from the fucking future. remember. Like, I don't know. There's some family tragedy, and like, I don't know, she's sounds like this girl has. I don't know. You're just making shit up. <laughs> Things are just coming out of your mouth right now. You're just like, yeah, cars, uh, boys. <coughs> You're just saying the year like, is 1998, and like any other teenager, Jess Flynn is just trying to get through her junior year without drama. But drama seems to keep finding her. Between a new crush on her childhood best friend, overprotective parents cramping her social life, and her younger sister's worsening health, the only constant is change. And her hometown of Swickley, which feels smaller by the day. Swickley is getting weirder by the day, too. Half the population has been struck down by a mysterious flu. Conversations seem to end awkwardly when Jess enters the room. And then one day, a tiny, sleek black device, with an Apple logo on it, falls off her best friend's backpack and lands at Jess's feet. But the first iPhone won't exist for another nine years. Huh. So her friend is from the future. Black Mirror meets my so-called life in this fast-paced, timely novel about separating fact from fiction and the lengths one girl will go to live on her own terms. Yeah, 100 pages. I don't understand why this is 300, but okay. We're doing it. All right, we'll cut it in half. We're going to read the first half of uh, Black Mirror (laughs) so-called The Jess Show. This is not The Jess Show. We're going to read the first half of it. So be sure to look for that in your podcast feed. In two weeks. Yeah. Ben, I thanks mean, for being a, a great friend no. of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for just being a great friend. Oh, look at Ben. You know, when we both get vaccinated, I'm going to hug you. I'm just going to hug the hell out of you. And I'm going to kiss you on the mouth. Oh, well, they don't want that. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> if you liked what you heard on this episode of The Book Boys, how about you check out the website? Go over to NuzzleHouse.com. There you can see all of the previous episodes of The Book Boys, as well as Glenn's other project, Leaves of Glenn. Also there, there's a link to our affiliate shop at Bookshop.org. It's Bookshop.org slash shop slash NuzzleHouse. Bookshop.org is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. Also, 
find us and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Insta. Now, careful, this one's a little backwards. We're there at House Nuzzle. Not Nuzzle House. That's House Nuzzle on Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead and slide into our DMs if you have any praise or suggestions or complaints. We'll take anything. Please just pay attention to us and interact with us. Thank you for listening.